history of Oklahoma is about winning championships. Brooks trying to make something happen. He breaks free. Kennedy breaks out. Forget the field goal. Win it with a touchdown. What is up, Sooner Nation? I am Casey Mallon, and you are now in the Sooner State of Mind. Make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just for the big four, BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Sooner State of Mind family, it's only been a couple days since our last episode, and my oh my, <laughs> how things have changed. There are some downtimes, some lulls during the year, but as my wife has learned, over the years, the season never ends. On Sunday morning, there was mounting speculation that Jeff Lebby was going to become the next head coach at Mississippi State. And by late Sunday afternoon, it came into fruition. That's one of the problems when you have a successful program is that other programs want to poach your coaches. It's actually a good problem to have and show things are going in the right direction. Now, it didn't take long for Brent Venables and the Sooners to pick Lebby's replacement or replacements. It was announced on Tuesday, but finalized on Wednesday that Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley were the new co-offensive coordinators for the University of Oklahoma both being former players and having long-standing ties to the program. Luttrell was a fullback and team captain on the 2000 National Championship team, spent the 2023 season as an offensive analyst for the Sooners. He has several years of head coaching experience, and he cut his teeth coaching under former Sooner offensive coordinators at Texas Tech with Mike Leach at Kansas with Mark Mangino, and at Indiana with Kevin Wilson. He also has several other stops. Latrell will also be the quarterback's coach and the offensive play caller on game days. Joe John Finley, a former tight end for the Sooners, he's considered a rising star in the coaching and recruiting world. He's done a great job with the tight ends we've had the last couple years, including uh, Braden Willis. We also saw Austin Stogner really get better and become a big part of the blocking scheme as this season went on. 
Of course, the entirety of Sooner Nation will never be happy, no matter what or who it is. People have opinions, and that's okay. But I trust that BV and company didn't just randomly decide to go in this direction. And I'm sure a lot of thought and consideration went into the decision. I also trust that those involved in that process weighed all the possibilities and believe in their decision. And I completely trust their evaluation. To me, it makes sense to keep it in-house as doing so makes it a continuation of the plan that has been in place. BV came to OU with the vision to what the direction of the program would be moving into the SEC. And if you trust that vision, when it makes total sense to continue forward in that vision. Obviously, it's not going to be the same exact offense that Lebby was running, but it will be the same people you brought in to create that vision, to grow that vision, to build it. And with this hire, you keep with the plan and the builders of that plan in place. If a new OC comes outside of the program, they most definitely want their people to be a part of it. Totally understandable. The Sooners deciding to go with Latrell and Joe John Finley, you not only keep those guys a part of it, you also keep Bill Biedenboe. You also keep DeMarco Murray. You also keep Emmett Jones. You continue the build with the builders that you trust and believe in. That crew has been building for this exact moment, for this transition. So the meshes gets to stay the same. They know what the plan is and all that momentum that they've built together stays intact. And I think that's a huge component of this. And also in Latrell, you get an OC that has been a head coach. As young coordinators do, they view the game and their philosophy through a coordinator's eyes. A head coach views it through different set of eyes. And he views it with the concerns of the entirety of the team. I think that gives a seasoned and former head coach an advantage over a younger coordinator that's never been a head coach. And if you could ask Seth Luttrell, as a former head coach, if he views the game differently now than he did when he was a coordinator or a position coach before he was a head coach, I'm sure he would say yes and have lots of insight as to why. And the biggest thing, like I said, you maintain a core that has deep roots within the program. Latrell and Joe John Finley, and Beatenbo and DeMarco for that matter, they're OU guys. So it's always meant more to them. They want to be part of this. They want to be Sooners. And I don't think you can put a value on that. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for it. And there's not going to be a, you know, a huge reset. And this staff will continue and start building through bowl season and into the spring. And I think that is going to be a good thing. So Jeff Levy does take the Mississippi State deal, a four-year deal, 4.5 mil in base compensation. Can't blame him for leaving. 
and we do wish him well. We knew he was here for a good time, not a long time, and that's okay. An SEC head coaching gig is a good job. It's going to be tough down there, though. It's a lot of competition, a lot more on his plate, but that's something we know Lebby wanted, so we're going to get to see how it goes up close and personal over these next few years. Speaking of SEC head coaches, Texas A&M got their guy too, not Mark Stoops, but Mike Elko. I loved what this guy did at Duke. Had them playing some really good football, especially this year until the quarterback got hurt. Now he heads back to A&M where he was previously the defensive coordinator. I think that's a really good fit there. I like this coach a lot. And he's getting about half of what they paid Jimbo not to be their coach. I want some of that fired head coach money, right? That's the best gig in town, getting fired. It's on an island somewhere just laughing all the way to the bank. Crazy. P-p-p-pig sue. S-s-sue. Bobby Petrino is back. Razorback, as in back to Arkansas as their new OC. Bobby P comes off a little bit like a jerk. I don't know him personally. Just kind of the vibe I get. But motorcycles and crashes and mistresses kind of makes him a badass. <laughs> Will that relate to success on the field? I don't know. But he is back. Speaking of back, let's get back to a little Sooner talk, okay? Sooners wind up 12 in the penultimate CFP ranking. Sooners at 12. I suppose that's close to where we should be. I'm not sure Penn State, Old Miss, and Mizzou should be in front of us. But we dropped a couple of games we had no business losing. So, unfortunately, it is what it is. That three and out after the Ethan Downs interception versus Kansas will stick on my craw for a bit. All of the offseason, actually, until we get playing football again. And the non-call on the pass interference on Drake Stoops versus Okie State will be stuck as well. Brutal. But the whole season, I mean, it doesn't come down to a couple plays, but it kind of does come down to a couple plays. Just those things go different, and it's a whole different end to this season. So we won't know which bowl we are going to until Saturday night slash Sunday morning, whenever it leaks out there. I know they've got a couple of things in place that they want. There is a ton of Alamo Bowl talk versus Arizona. That wouldn't be my favorite bowl or opponent. Arizona's starting to ball a little bit out here in L.A. I got to see a lot of their games, and that's a good program on the rise, and they would create a whole set of trouble for these Sooners. But 
I would rather see us play any of those three teams ranked in front of us, Penn State, Ole Miss, or Mizzou. Let's see who deserves to be right there. Get us a better matchup. I would like that a lot. However, I would take any bowl if we got to play USC. Sun Bowl, whatever bowl, Pop-Tart Bowl, any of them. Give me SC, and I'll gladly go wherever. Doesn't matter. That is the game. I would like to see the most. That game would make our two losses feel worth it. I have a feeling, though, there are some people that don't want that to happen. <coughs> Tebow, <coughs> sorry. And that is too bad because there would be major interest in that ball game. It would get the eyeballs. Bowl committees, make it happen. But we'll be talking all about it after Sunday when we know what's happened with the conference championship games when we find out where everybody is going bowl-wise. Quick rant. How the hell was Billy Bowman not named a Thorpe Award finalist? It blows my mind. This is a travesty. He was the best player on the field several times this season. And those times were usually the biggest moments of the game. Back-to-back games with a pick six, including that 100-yard return against BYU. Second on the team in tackles, three TFLs, four PBUs, and three touchdowns. Telling me there's better players than that out there? I don't see it. I really hope he comes back for his senior year. I get why he would and I get why he wouldn't. The allure of the NFL is right there and making big time money and starting that pro career, something you've dreamed at. But college, you never get to go back and do it again. When you're in the NFL, it is a job and it is a grind. So... Maybe the move to the SEC will make him want to come back to finish up the job he started. One more year in college with his bros at a place he really wants to be at. But I'm telling you right now, this dude is ready for whatever challenge is next for him. And he's going to rise to the occasion. Just an impressive young man. Maybe more so off the field than even on. And he's one of the most dynamic players on the field. So the future is bright for Mr. Billy Bowman. We do have some tasty games to preview. I am filling the void with the Sooners not being included in there, but I will be able to find the joy in some of those games this weekend. And I am completely stoked for Friday night. The Pac-12 championship, number five, Oregon, versus number three, Washington. The Ducks are nine and a half point favorites in this game. Back in October, the Huskies won this game 36-33, and that was a killer game. Back and forth, it went down to the wire. Huskies sneaking out of there with that three-point win. 
Bo Nix versus Michael Penix Jr. Part 2. This should be an amazing game. I cannot wait to see it. It's going to be in Vegas. It's going to be rocking. Lots of ducks, lots of husks. Ooh, it's going to be a party scene. And I think the winner of this game, regardless of who it is, is definitely in the playoffs. One loss, Oregon, sure. They're in. You know, and if Washington ends up losing this game and it's close, maybe they have an argument too as to being in there. It depends how everything plays out, but that will be a little bit tougher of a scenario. If Washington wins, they're clearly in. Number 18, Oklahoma State. At number seven, Texas. The Horns, WH, are 15 and a half point favorites. And due to some language and lingo, we were robbed of seeing OU versus Texas too. Now, I think the size of Buzz and OU Texas rematch would bring would would the buzz it would bring to the Big Twelve would be so huge that Brett Yormark actually does not want it. That sounds a little odd, I know. But not because of the size of the buzz. Because it would show how much star power those programs have. It would show and confirm the value of those programs. The ability to get eyes on this game. And it would showcase not only those two teams, but the conference of where those programs are going. I think they are more than willing to sacrifice the bigger buzz to not let Texas and OUs be the star of the day. Because everybody would be talking about that as SEC and not Big 12. You can call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't care. I've been called worse. But they did not want that. About this game, I don't trust Alan Bowman. I don't. And unless Ollie Gordon channels his inner Barry Sanders and Earl Campbell and Thurman Thomas and Ricky Williams, I don't think this game is going to be close. But when they're supposed to lose, that's when these pokes seem to rally. I had a game that I watched with my sister early 2000s. I think OSU was even sub 500. No, you just had to win that last game to get into the BCS. And those donkey pokes came in there and beat the Sooners when they had no business winning. It's going to take something like that to win this game. We'll see. Like I said, they figure out a way to do it when it looks like it won't happen. I just don't see it. But if this game is somehow close, Texas will get rocked <laughs> by a bad call, and I will laugh. <laughs> Probably even more so than that. 
This is a little, little tasty one right here. Number one, Georgia versus number eight, Alabama. Georgia, six-point favorites in this one. And Georgia's just been dominating college football for the last two years. And actually, the last time Georgia lost a game was December 4th, 2021, the SEC championship game. And that was a 41-24 loss to Alabama. I feel like Georgia is the better team. But I don't know when the last time they really had to dig deep was. They've not been tested in a while. Part of that is because they are so much better than all their opponents. They can't help it that they're just better than everybody. But when you don't have to break it out, can you just break it out on the fly when you haven't had to need it? And then all of a sudden you need it. Is it ready? Should be, but don't know. Jalen Milrow will have to play the game of his life to get this win. And if he does that and Bama does win, it's chaos, baby. It is absolute chaos. Number 14, Louisville at reverse. Number four, Florida State. Florida State only two and a half point favorites in this one. It is a total bummer that injury robbed us of seeing how Jordan Travis would finish this season. He was playing absolutely lights out and a front runner for the Heisman. He's gone, and now people want to keep this FSU team out of the playoffs, even if they win this game and remain undefeated. In years past, that would be crazy talk, and I think now it's crazy talk. To me, I don't see how you can keep them out if they do win. The Florida State runs the table, even without the quarterback, beats a good Louisville team. They should be in. Louisville is kind of getting lost in the mix. They have been playing some very good defense and beat, uh, you know, some quality opponents this year. For Florida State, Tate Rodemaker, he wasn't great versus Florida last week, but he didn't make any catastrophic mistakes. Negative plays get you beat more than positive plays help you win. It's just how football works. And if he can do enough to make this a Trey Benson game where he gets to hand off and keep that run game going, Florida State can win. And if they do, the committee will have a tough decision to make. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that if Florida State does win. Number two, Michigan versus number 16, Iowa. Michigan, 21 and a half point favorites in this game. And this Big Ten championship is such an afterthought that everyone already has Michigan in the college football playoff. But good reason. Michigan has dominated all season. And Iowa just squeaked by Nebraska and Illinois to make it here. Now, I suppose anything can happen, but I don't see any way Iowa is in this game. It's a 21 and a half point spread. Iowa's only scored more than 26 points once this season, and it was against Western Michigan. <laughs> this is real Michigan on Saturday night. 
Michigan has only scored less than 26 points once this season. To me, this game looks to be a blowout. But you got to play them, and then we will see what happens. I know it's only year two, but we had a team good enough to be in this Big 12 championship game. And it would have been sweet to smash Texas twice and leave with one more conference championship. That being said, I'm also ready to be done with this conference and move on to bigger and better things. I really am looking forward to these games this weekend and seeing how it all plays out. And I would also like to root for chaos as long as it keeps Texas, two S's, out of the playoffs. Can I get both? That's ideal. We're going to be back in a couple days to see how it all went down. Head on over to Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Go to shows. Type in Sooner State of Mind. And you are locked, my friends. We have a ton of great content. Every team, every topic, everywhere. Believe.com. If you want to watch Sooner State of Mind, head on over to YouTube and search the football dudes. We are there. That's me getting the handoff. Sooner State of Mind is brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Casey Mallon, and I am in a Sooner State of Mind.